Okay, good morning. This morning is Palm Sunday, so happy Palm Sunday. This is beginning our Easter week, a holy week, Friday being Good Friday. And I know Christian holidays or whatever you want to call them are kind of strange, the names, Palm Sunday. If you're not in this conversation, you're wondering, what's with the palms? And we'll look at it a little bit today. And then Good Friday is when Jesus died. And you're like, is it really? That's a Good Friday? I don't know if I want to be a part of this community. If a good day is when they crucify someone. I mean, these questions, maybe this is just how I used to think. But today is Palm Sunday. And this is the week before the resurrection. And We've been going through the Psalms, doing a series called Songs of Life, and today we're going to continue in the Psalms because remember, as I said before, over one-third of the prophecies that were given to us from the Old Testament are found actually in the Psalms concerning Jesus being the Messiah and what he was going to do. And it's no different with this day that we celebrate his entry into Jerusalem. And so turn with me to Psalm 118. Because before we look at Palm Sunday and where it actually took place or when it actually took place, we're going to look at the shadow of when it was spoken about long before it ever took place. I'm always amazed at how time really doesn't play the same role with God as it does with us. How God speaks, and to us it's in the past, but when God speaks, it just is. And it's something that lasts not only a thousand years ago or more, but it takes place today, or takes place fulfilling in the prophecy, and then continues to be true. And so it's this kind of steadfast truth that we can always go to, that we can always get something from. And so in Psalm 118, this psalm we believe was written by David. It's definitely about him throughout it. But again, there's a few places where we're going to see it's prophetic concerning Jesus Christ. Psalm 118, verse 1, it says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let Israel say, his love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron, which is the priestly tribe, say, his love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say so. That means everybody else who recognizes God say, his love endures forever. And so the proclamation about God that this psalm starts off with is one that we need to take hold of, and that's his love endures forever. That is the message. That is the narrative that we need to keep in mind as this is going forth, that God's love endures forever. When hard-pressed, verse 5, I cried to the Lord He brought me into a spacious place. And we see the contrast. I was compressed. I was under this heavy load, but then the Lord brought me to this place of freedom, this spacious place. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? I love that. That's like a movie, mere mortals. 
You know, you mere mortals, what can you do to me? It's like he's, you know, from a different world or something. Not that there's aliens. I'm not going to speak into that. Uh, But what can mere mortals do to me? And, And there's supposed to be this contrast of there is no comparison. Romans 8 verse 31 says, if God is for us, who can be against us? And it's the same idea. God is so much above What can mere mortals do? And so what a a beautiful declaration. Again, this is all under the umbrella. His love endures forever. In verse 7, the Lord is with me. He is my helper. I look in triumph on my enemies. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. All the nations surrounded me. But in the name of the Lord, I cut them down. They surrounded me on every side, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them down. They swarmed around me like bees, but they were consumed as quickly as burning thorns. In the name of the Lord, I cut them down. I was pushed back and about to fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. Shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. The Lord's right hand is lifted high. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. I will not die, but live, and will proclaim what the Lord has done. The Lord has chastened me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Open for me the gates of the righteous, I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous may enter. I will give thanks for you answered me. You have become my salvation. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this and it is marvelous in our eyes. The Lord has done it this very day. Let us rejoice today and be glad. Lord, save us. Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord, we bless you. The Lord is God, and he has made his light shine on us. With bows and hands, join in the festival procession up to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will praise you. You are my God, and I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his love endures forever. What a a beautiful and rich song. And as this song is being written, there are so many things that stand out, and he repeats them over and over again, whether it's his love endures forever, or but in the name of the Lord I cut them down, or he has become my salvation. These things echo over and over again. And I love how he says this prophetically in verse 22, the stone the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone but the lord has done this and it is marvelous in our eyes the lord has done it this very day let us rejoice today and be glad this very day there is a present tense that is taking place that is being written here that is being fulfilled in the future and that's what i love is that the promise of god as true as it was then 
was true when Jesus fulfilled it, and it's true for us today. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 21, where we're actually going to look at the fulfillment of this prophecy. We're going to read the first 11 verses and point out some of the ones that we just read in Psalms. Verse 1, it says, As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying them, Go to a village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, See, your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus instructed him. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. This is where we get the term Palm Sunday. Some translation will say palm leaves. And so they cut the branches and they sent them down on the road. Where am I? Okay, verse 8. A very large crowd spread the cloaks and the branches. Verse 9. The crowds that, that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David. Now, the word Hosanna means save. It's the same thing that we just read in Psalm where it says, Save, Lord. That's what they were shouting. It was a common way of singing in their praise. Save now, literally. Save now, Lord, son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowd answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. And so here we see Jesus entering into Jerusalem. It's known as the triumphant entry. Palm Sunday, where the crowds are in excitement about what's taking place. They're they're laying palm leaves down. This is procession. The king is here. Save now. Save now. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, which is, again, what we just read in Psalm 18. The name of the Lord. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. What does it mean, the name of the Lord? It's not just the name. It's not Jehovah. That's the name of the Lord. When someone comes in the name of the Lord, it has the idea of their coming with that person support. It's the same thing that we, we hear when we say, you know, whatever you pray, Jesus said, in my name. What does that mean? You just say Jesus' name? No, it has the idea of doing as if Jesus were saying that. Imagine someone came up to my house and knocked on the door and they said, you know, can I get something to eat? I might respond, I don't know, can you? I I, I don't know if I'd respond that. I'd be curious though. I'd be like, who are you? But if that person came to the door and they knocked on the door and they said, hi, I'm a friend of Lauren's, and she said that I could come to you and get some food that you would help me out and get me some food. Okay, now she's, this person's coming in the name of my daughter. She's coming saying that my daughter has sent her to ask of this. And, and so when it's in the name of the Lord, you are going as if they have sent you. 
You're going with their name on your shoulders. I'm here representing this person. And so the name of the Lord here is I'm coming with the Lord representing me. That's why he could say in Psalm 118, in the name of the Lord, I cut them down. In the name of the Lord, I cut them down. Why? The enemy was surrounding in the name of the Lord, God backing me, his support. I'm coming with his authority. I was able to cut them down. And so now we start thinking the things that we would ask in Jesus' name. Would we ask him? Would Jesus actually want us to ask these things? Because that's what we mean when we say in Jesus' name. It's with his support, his approval, he has asked me to do this. And so blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord with God's approval, with God's stamp on them saying, yes, this is the person I have sent. They can speak for me. And you see, Jesus is entering in and the people, whether they realize it or not, are fulfilling what happened earlier in the Psalms declaration Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And they're shouting these words that are a song and it's the fulfillment taking place. Jesus is coming in the name of the Lord. He is fulfilling these things. And that's why later on in the same chapter in Matthew, Jesus says to them, have you never read in the scriptures the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this and it is marvelous in our eyes. He is pointing them to this passage in Psalm 118. Don't you remember what it said? Because they're telling him, don't, don't have them shout out this. They're blaspheming, saying the, the, you're here in the name of the Lord. That's not right. And he says, don't you remember the psalm? In Luke's account of this event, he says, judgment is on them because they missed this day of their visitation when God visited you and you missed it. And so Jesus is coming in the name of the Lord and they are shouting, save now. Salvation has come. The psalmist said, he has become our salvation. And you see, understanding who Jesus is and what is taking place right now is opening the door to the one who is coming in the name of the Lord. God is sending someone. Here he comes. Do you recognize it? And the problem was that so many of them did not recognize it. In fact, Jesus told them later on, he he brings this sharp discourse of rebuke against the Pharisees. And he tells them, for I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. In other words, you are going to be a part of the judgment and not in the procession because you did not say, you did not recognize that I come not just as myself, but I come in his name. That God has sent me and it was to your door. And he says, I'm here in the name of Jehovah. God has sent me here to you, but you didn't recognize this day. 
when I marched in to this procession, it was spoken about. It was sang about. We, we looked on it and it was marvelous in our eyes. What an incredible thing. The one we rejected is actually the most important one. David was rejected. He, he was not thought to be the king by Saul and so he was chased down and hunted as a fugitive and the one that was rejected ended up being their best king. Here comes Jesus. Who is this? What's this Jesus guy? I, I, what is he? He was the one that was rejected and he is the most important one. And the same thing that was pressing on them at that time it is pressing on us. Who, who is this person? Who is this Jesus? And are we going to resound? Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. In fact, he has become our salvation or are we going to just say, I don't know you and I don't know whose name you come in. I'm not receiving you because I don't recognize you as being the one from God. Because that's what Palm Sunday is about. That their Messiah had come. In God's name, fulfilling all that God had promised. Because that is the gospel. And unfortunately, what we've done is we have reduced the gospel message to just about whether you're saved or not. Are you going to hell or are you going to heaven? But the gospel message is so much more encompassing. It starts with a promise that God made to a man and then fulfilled that promise throughout history. You see, the good news, which gospel means, is that God spoke and fulfilled the things that he said, that his promise was unfolding out to the people. The good news is that this Messiah would fulfill the things that were necessary for them not only to die for their sins, but also to rise again from the dead. And it would carry on into the promise of the Spirit to the church. See, all this is gospel. It's not just one event, but this is leading into the understanding. This is the one. He's the guy that was spoken about when David would sing, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Look it. He came. He actually came. And what we do with the revelation that God has come is so important. The idea he has become my salvation. Again, that word salvation means so much more than maybe we think it does. And there's a couple of passages that kind of point this out. Jesus said, they may be ever seeing, but never perceiving, and ever hearing, but they never understand. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. And so we see that this awakening comes in the form of being forgiven. But he says later on, otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. 
The word salvation and the word healing are the same word. The word forgiven and the word healing are the same word. And it's the same idea. It's not about just are you in or are you out. It's about are you made whole? Are you forgiven? Are you healed? And you see, Jesus has come to bring healing to us. And the promise that was given is now unfolded and we see it. And to recognize it enables us to sing with the psalmist, his love endures forever. Oh, he spoke about it, but look at he actually did it. And guess what? He's doing it still. It's great news. When I was young, I used to get sent to the babysitters across the street. And my mom would take me in the morning and drop me off. I remember it being early because I think I, I don't remember a whole lot of going there, but I remember being there. So I think I was asleep when I actually went there. And she probably carried me and took me across the street to the neighbor's house. And I would stay at the neighbor's house until my grandmother came home. Because when my grandmother came home, she would pick me up. And she lived right across the street. And so all day long, I'd be waiting. Because these people, the lady was nice, but the kids, she had some kids and they weren't that cool. Um, <laughs> and so I, I was kind of getting picked on by these kids. And like when my grandmother, I would see, the, I'd be waiting at the fence, at the gate. And I would look out the slots of the fence. And there comes my grandmother's car. Boom, and I'm like, oh boy, Yes. Grandma's here, and she always brings cookies, and it's going to be good. And sure enough, after she would park, she would walk across the street, and my grandmother would come for me, and she would deliver me from that environment. (laughs) One time, it was early in the day, my grandmother pulled in, and I thought, oh, great, she's home early, and then my cousin's pulled up and my cousins were outside playing in the front yard and my grandmother was out there and they're all out there playing but she didn't come and get me (laughs) that worked just like i wanted (laughs) and i watched them from the fence and i'm like hey it's me your cousin i thought i was your favorite grandson that's what you always told me but It was just she was meeting them to pick something up. She had like stopped off for lunch and then she took off and went back to work. And so I'm scarred to this day (laughs) because to know that someone was coming to take me out of this environment gave me hope. It brightened my day. It's something that I still remember. And you see, some of you need to know that Jesus has come in the name of God Almighty to bring you healing, to bring you salvation, to restore your broken soul. And just as David said it happened today and just as we read in Matthew in the other gospels account this is when it happened it can happen 
today as well. Because God is always at work. And you need to know that blessed is he. Why? Because of who he is and what he does. That's why he's blessed. And he has come. In the name of the Lord. Yesterday I spoke to a friend who is broken because someone close to her son killed herself. She was 19. She was in the Navy. She was on a ship in San Diego. And this happened Friday. And for five years she had known this young girl and had been very close to her and poured her life into her. And when she got the news, it was devastating. It was as if one of her own kids had died. And the questions come, why? And everyone's trying to think back. Could I have done more? I should have known those last texts that I got from her. I should have read between the lines, but I didn't see. I didn't understand. And the tragedy that this this life that had all of life ahead of her was taken, and it, and it appears to be self-inflicted. She took her life. Why? Because she didn't know that blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That there wasn't that hope that his love endures forever. That even though the enemies surround me in the name of the Lord, I can cut them down. She had lost sight of who he is and that he has come and that he is here for her, for us today. And it was too much, and so apparently she took her life. You need to know that the one who brings healing, the one who brings forgiveness, the one who can bring restoration, who is blessed, has come. In the name of God, he has come. For whatever your needs are, he has come. To bring salvation, he has come. And his name is blessed. And it happened in history. On this day that we read about, it was foreshadowed back when David was just singing a song, not even knowing that his words were prophetic about this day that would come. This could be the day for you when you recognize that the one who is blessed has come in the name of God himself. He has come to bring healing and salvation. He has come to bring restoration to your soul. He has come to bring hope to the hopeless. He has come to bring life to those who are dead. He has come. And the good news is that the Messiah the promised one, the one that was spoken about has come. And he's come for you.
He's come for me. And that's what makes this wonderful, wonderful news. And that's why this this entry is called triumphant, because the one who was promised has come in the name of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, it's so easy to go through these passages of Scripture. And Lord, we know the stories and and we've read them or heard them countless times. And the truth is there, but maybe it's veiled from our eyes. And seeing we don't see and hearing we don't hear hear, unless we would turn and be converted, be forgiven, be healed. And, And so my prayer today is that our eyes would be open, that our ears would be unstopped, that we would be able to hear and understand and be forgiven, be healed. Lord, that you will become our salvation and that we would be able to sing like David And those in the crowd, blessed is he, you, Jesus, because you have come, and you have come representing God himself. And God, your love endures forever. Lord, that is what we need this morning. That's what we need in our lives. That's what we need every day, is that understanding of unfailing love a hope that is in you that cannot be shaken. We can trust in you, not be afraid. What can mere mortals do? God, if you are for us, who can be against us? Lord, may we find that hope in you. And may we echo and say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We ask these things in your name, Jesus. Blessed because you have come. Amen.